Salutations, everybody, and welcome to the Triple R Podcast, the Retro Wrestling Report. My name's Warren. How's everybody doing? A wonderful Wednesday today. Uh, Let's bring in our solo compadre today while Chris is um, not joining us this day. Uh, He's taking care of some stuff. Justin Pilcher's here. Pilch, how are you? I'm doing fantastic, sir. Thank you for asking. Oh, great that you did not go into the bit when Chris was not here. So that is my... If that's how I got to defend it, then that's how I got to defend it. You have to play to your audience, and Chris loves the bit, so if he's not (laughs) here, who am I really playing to? You know what I mean? Uh, it It makes sense. Um... So today we are going to we're going to talk about our NXT Takeover War Games picks, um, which was a fantastic pay per view, top to bottom, and we're also going to get into a little bit of uh, real life uh, or current day news, I should say, with uh, three of three of wrestlers that I really like um, making a move that. Uh, and I have oh, some words to say about it, but uh, let's get into the picks first and get those out of the way. We made our picks uh, for NXT TakeOver War Games. Um, we'll run through those, and uh, this is just for brags. Uh, the winner gets absolutely nothing. We also have Chris's picks here, so he will be not left. He will not be left out. Um. And this is in, uh, I want to say this is in no particular order. This might have ended up being the order that the matches were in anyway. I think it actually was, believe it or not. Okay. We did, we did get the order right. Uh, so they opened the show up with the women's war games match. Let me get the full list of competitors. Um, it is Team Shotzi taking on Team Candice LeRae. Uh, effort this real quick. And team. So team Candace has obviously Candace LeRae, team captain with Dakota Kai, Raquel Gonzalez, and Tony Storm. And team Shotzi with Shotzi Blackheart, Ember Moon, Rhea Ripley, and Io Shirai. Honestly, not a bad performer in this contest. Um, Pilch, you saw the pay-per-view. Um, what did you, what did you think of this match? I like the match. I, I'm going to throw it back on you for a second because I felt the the booking on this match was a little backwards. Okay. Because we, we had a baby face team, right? That had a, an, an advantage. Mm-hmm. I thought the only real motivation this match is that Shotzi got her tank destroyed by Candace, right? And mm-hmm. yet, even though the babyface team of Team Shotzi had the advantage the entire time, they were fighting from behind, which I thought was interesting. Yeah, the um the heels in this match uh really took they really canceled out that advantage that Shotzi had gained um, 
the the best part was the when when EO came in. I want to say EO was the last of Team Shotzi to get into the ring, mm-hmm. and Raquel, the efforts that Raquel went to keep her out of the ring, right? Um, the thought and the idea and how they executed it was was great, and I thought it was uh. You know, it definitely pulled me into the match. Like, okay, how is how is EO going to overcome this? So they get everybody in the ring. They all move over to the second ring. And the dive off of the top of the cage by EO Shirai while she's in the garbage can, I thought was a phenomenal spot. Yeah, no, I, I enjoyed it as well. Um, But Team Candice... Pulls out the victory here. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, Pilch. Was War Games always one fall to a finish? I think so. As far okay. as I've always known it, I think that's like the the draw to it is that you have an eight on eight and you have to get a pinfall over one individual person with them having three teammates. That could stop it at any time. Yep. Okay. Um, so, yeah, Team Candace. Yeah. Yeah. Team Candace got the win here. And uh, Chris was the only one to pick Team Candace as we both went uh, Team Shotzi with our picks. Uh, so, Chris is ahead very early on. Um, I, I thought the storyline made more sense for Team Shotzi to win, but I actually mm-hmm. um, did not hate the way they ended it. I actually kind of liked it, to be honest. Uh, yeah, no, there was everything about the match I enjoyed. Um, like I said, I liked all the performers in the match. I know Chris was, I don't want to say not high on, or maybe didn't really know of Raquel. Um, Raquel Gonzalez, mm-hmm. but uh, her pairing ever since she got paired with Dakota Kai uh, during this Dakota Kai heel run, um, I think her work's been really good, and she's playing the part of the big heater, the big uh, enforcer to Dakota Kai, playing that part very, very well. Strong in the ring, capable in the ring. Um, Always, always looks, you know, is always built to look uh, as strong as possible and in, impressive with some of the moves that she's able to pull off. Um, with there, these, there's uh, a uh, thing I heard the other day where they are saying that Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai are being booked very similar to Shawn Michaels and Diesel in like the early to oh, mid 90s. Absolutely. I, absolutely. I saw that. That That's the best way I could describe the two of them uh, if I needed to describe their dynamic. Yeah, uh, I wish I could take credit for that, but I can't. I, you know, I heard it <laughs> somewhere else. Um, That's easily the best way to describe their dynamic is Dakota Kai is the Shawn Michaels and uh, Raquel Gonzalez is the diesel that uh, I am a little is Shawn's back. I'm a little worried about Dakota Kai, though. Oh, why you say that? I just, I don't think she's been booked very strongly since Raquel Gonzalez's kind of 
ascension, I guess, you know, like we we talked about this before where I thought that Raquel Gonzalez Rhea Ripley match was amazing. Like I, I love yes. that match. And oh, uh, totally. I think that may have opened some eyes in the WWE hierarchy and they were like, all right, well, maybe this person isn't just like a bodyguard or, you know, someone to keep heat off Dakota. Maybe she's someone we should push. And, you know, I, I tend to agree. I think Raquel Gonzalez has a lot to offer. I just, you know, I hope, I think Dakota Kai has put a lot of good work in and I, you know, I hope she doesn't get lost in the shuffle. Yeah. No, I, 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 I don't think she will. Um, there's just a lot of look. There's eight very credible, very talented women that were in this ring tonight, um, and even Candace's friend, uh, Indy Hartwell, her name, Indy Hartwell, who's no slouch either. No, uh, <laughs> where, no not where at all. she <laughs> they they just formed. Uh, they have a little stable that they just formed called the Way with Candace and Johnny Gargano. And I I would venture to say that this match features like five to six of my favorite wrestlers in wrestling period right now. Like I, I love Rhea Ripley. I love Raquel Gonzalez. I love Dakota Kai. I love Tony Storm. I think the fact that Candice LeRae hasn't been given a push on the main roster is criminal. Because I think she is so much better than anything else they have going on there. Um, you know, I the thing, the thing that WWE does with the the white meat baby faces that come in, Candice LeRae, Tony Storm, Bailey, um, the turning them heel piece of it where you wouldn't necessarily see that coming mm-hmm. nobody saw Candice LeRae turning heel no nobody saw Tony Storm turning heel nobody no. saw Bailey turning right all three of their turns and this might be a credit to their work just in general all three of their terms seem to work well they're they're credible because they they do such a good job with it I I just it it's hard for me to speak on because I just think that like WWE is missing they they have so much talent in their women's division and I just don't even think they realize it at this point. Like yeah, they, no, there's a lot. They, there's, there's not there is not a person in this entire match that's not a main eventer, in my opinion. Um. I think the only one that that you could question would be Raquel, only because she's the newest one. I think Shotzi's already there. Um, I agree. I think, I think Ember Moon can be there. I mean, she was there at one point. I think she can be there again. Rhea Ripley, obviously. Eoshirai's the champ. Right. Cancel Ray, obviously. Um, Tony Storm, obviously. She was the UK Women's Champ for a good. Good long time. Love Tony. Uh, yes. 
And Dakota, I think Dakota's ready to be that that uh that main event player now, especially with um with Raquel Gonzalez standing behind her. Um but we'll see what these uh what these ladies have to offer going forward. Um interested to see it. Uh I'm I'm into it and uh we'll see who's gonna be the next person to challenge Io Shirai for that NXT women's championship. It's, I mean, it's got to be Raquel Gonzalez, right? I would imagine. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised. Would not be surprised. Um, I think it. I. I don't. It wouldn't hurt to look good to give her that chance and see what she can do in there with Io Shirai. Uh, next match, and we're gonna we'll bring the bells into this next match. My personal favorite, Tommaso Ciampa, taking on. Timothy Thatcher. This is a <laughs> wrestling match. Oh, bless you. This sneeze. is a wrestling match. Uh, wrestling smashes. Um, we all picked Tommaso Ciampa here. Tommaso Ciampa does get the victory. But again, this is just one of those. It was entertaining. I like both competitors. Uh, it was back and forth. And uh, Tommaso Ciampa goes over. Um, what did you think of uh, of this match? Here? Oh, it's a great match. You know, there, there's a lot of great mat wrestling. I think both competitors know exactly what they do in the ring. They told a good story. I, I think we are on the precipice of a Champa Thatcher team up. I'm curious you think what you so? think about that. I think. Um, I am. A- I'm a fan of both of them. Are gonna them get together so at some point. I am a I am a big fan of both guys. Uh so them teaming up, I'd be all for it. Yeah, I, I think we're we're gonna get there. Um but you know, there, there's a lot of good head games played in this before the match even, you know, started where uh Thatcher had his uh Thatcher as Thatch can camp, you know, the week before. And Champa yep. like sat on you know the runway and stared at him the whole time. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't really know what you can say about this match besides it was wrestled expertly and you know they they look great. Yeah, no, it was um, it was definitely straight to the point. Uh, with those two guys, there's little uh little room for any different interpretation as to what those guys will bring into the ring. Um, Next one, as we move on, Dexter Loomis takes on Cameron Grimes. Um, I'm a big Cameron Grimes fan. And I, again, we were in lockstep here. We both picked Cameron Grimes. Chris, who was uh, who instantly fell in love with Dexter Loomis's entrance, as evidence to our our last uh, podcast, uh-huh. as he saw it while we were uh, making our picks, um, he went with Dexter Loomis there. Dexter Loomis gets the win over Cameron Grimes. Um, Dexter Loomis is such a he's got the look. Um, that you would want. It fits to his, whatever his 
gimmick or his shtick is. That blank stare, the emotionless face, um, just the I don't I don't know. He just he gives off a creepy vibe. He plays it to a T. Um, you don't know what this man is thinking. You don't know what this man is gonna do in the ring. Um, and this was actually a strap match. Uh, but Dexter Loomis gets the win here. Uh, Pilch, what do you got? Because Dexter Loomis can creep people out. We are going to the moon. I love Cameron Grimes. Love. So do I. 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 You know, I. I think the best thing that ever happened to Dexter Loomis was getting this feud with, feud with Cameron Grimes. I, I think WWE is doing a great job, or NXT, of hiding his shortcomings. Like, I don't mm-hmm. think Loomis is... He's probably not very good on the mic. And we haven't really heard much of him, but I, I can't imagine he is. And, you get, and I mean, at this, at this point, his look and his demeanor is so... He does that part so well, he doesn't really need to be on the mic yet. Right. And Grimes is such a good foil to that, I think. Because um, he's outstanding on the mic. And oh, he fantastic. could be the one to, to promo their way through whatever the storyline is. I, You know, I, I'm a little disappointed that Dexter Loomis won this match only because I... I love Cameron. He's like one of my favorite parts of NXT every week. I just think he's mm-hmm. he's so ridiculous. Like he's so ridiculous. <laughs> you know, and his finisher is even more ridiculous. Like the cave-in, that's a ridiculous move. That is it's such an impressive move. Um the leaping foot the leaping double foot stop. Um it almost seems like he's capable of catching that on somebody out of nowhere. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, and just he he's got to get some height. The the impact looks looks sound, and it's it's just a great it's just a great finish. And it's it kind of fits his bravado, you know his his. Uh, I don't know, arrogance that he puts out. Um, everything he does just kind of fits along with what's um, what he's trying to put out. I mean, you guys know I love a good heel. I do. And yeah. I love more so than that, I think I love a good character. Right. And Cameron Grimes is just such a good character. Like he is. Like yeah. he he's so everything he does is so believable. Like you you know you don't think that like this person doesn't exist in the real world like if you if you walked up to cameron grimes in the middle of the street you'd be like oh this is a guy that actually exists in real life and i think he did a good job of he does a great job of like walking that line between kayfabe and real life like if you sat at a bar and had a drink with cameron grimes and he was exactly like how he is on television you would believe it Oh yeah, easily. And I think he's that- he's probably one of the the few I can think of off the top of my head where I would absolutely bet that he is a hundred percent how he is on screen is how he is off screen. I I just think that 
they they need to push him to the stratosphere. I love Cameron Grimes. And it plays more so the fact that in modern day wrestling, we don't have a lot of good heels. And I think he'd be a great one. Yeah, I was actually listening to um, Eric Bischoff's 83 Weeks podcast. And uh, I, I like a lot of the, the podcasts that Conrad Thompson puts out. Um but they were talking about this is one of the bad Starcades where it was Goldberg versus Bret Hart uh-huh. when um, Goldberg basically ended Bret Hart's career with the kick in the face. Um, but the talk was when they made the NWO, they made them cool heels, and that kind of ruined the heel the actual true bad guy get the heat heel right um and buried the baby face the white me baby face because you know the only one they really ever got over as far as a baby face was sting uh. um and ddp to an extent but then they were supposed to get goldberg over and he got buried with the they ended his streak where they hit him with the taser and whatnot. And I mean, Goldberg, Goldberg was over. Him. No matter how you feel about him as a wrestler, I mean, he was. He no, was he over. was. No, 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 no. No, don't get me wrong. He was over. He was over, and I was all about it. Um, but the they buried him when they ended the streak the way they did and put the strap on Kevin Nash, and I love Kevin Nash, but the fact of how they did it with. The taser with Scott Hall and the Staten the third, it kind of deflated Goldberg's sales uh, going forward. Have just you, to put, have you heard the actual story about how Goldberg wanted that match to go? Um. So have you watched the day of? Because that just came out like a couple days ago. Oh really? Oh no, I have not seen that one. I'll have to watch that. So. That Kevin Nash Goldberg match, Goldberg wanted us, he wanted Scott Hall to shoot him with a taser gun. Oh, and apparently that's illegal, so they didn't do it. <laughs> no, they did it with some other kind of it was like a cattle taser, prod. Like, yeah, it was like a cattle prod, yeah. But Goldberg literally wanted Scott Hall to shoot him in the face with a taser. And that's how he lost. And, <laughs> you know, it, it may be illegal, but, like, he was right. That's <laughs> a great booking decision. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, um, once you get past that, that era of WCW was rough. Um, the early stage of NWO, great. The buildup of Sting to Starcade when he beat Hogan, great. But then after that, it just kind of went downhill. And once Russo got in there, it went. My, it went my issue with that, like, time period of WCW is, I feel like Goldberg gets a, like a bad rap, right? Because, like, he was the 
the guy that came out of nowhere. He's a football player, and you know he he doesn't know the business and blah blah blah. blah. But if you don't have Goldberg, you don't WCW doesn't carry the weight it did for as long as it did. I don't know. Goldberg one hundred percent. Goldberg was one hundred percent a part of that, uh, just as much as the the NWO was. Um, well, I mean, like, who do you have? Goldberg, who do you have to face the NWO? You know, like at the time, so it would have been it would have been Goldberg, which they did with the when he beat Hogan on Nitro for the title when he was the U.S. champ, and it was Sting when he won the title at Starcade after not talking for an entire year. And DDP right. came up. Um, so those three were probably the biggest ones. Um, Booker T wasn't there yet, which he should have been, but he wasn't. Oh, I mean, I love um, Booker T as much as the next person, but he wasn't. He No, he wasn't there. He was he was a U.S. title and tag title guy in WCW. He His world title stuff didn't come until the tail end of WCW, which is whatever. But then when he captured his stuff in WWE, um, that's when he really, you know, really took off. Um, but that's with so Goldberg, Sting, DDP. That's it. That was it for the the faces that were supposed to take on the NWO. Can we? I feel like we should both agree on the fact that like Goldberg may not be the best wrestler of all time. But it's, and I think Eric Bischoff deserves credit for this, it's one of the best booking scenarios ever. Like, they they saw what they had in him, and they ran with it, and it just worked. The early stuff with Goldberg in the inside the streak, 100%. The late stuff with Goldberg, this match with Bret Hart, he had some issues with Russo and the booking, whether that was whether that was a work or if that was a shoot, who knows? Well, um, Russo's a moron. I mean Russo is a moron. I, I you know, the he's a much more talented person than I am because he got to the <laughs> point where he was, but I just Everything like he had ever booked just makes no sense to me. He's 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 his own person. We'll we'll put it that way. Um, I mean, besides the Judy Bagwell and a pole match, I mean, I you know. <laughs> oh gosh, we we went off the rails really quickly. Yeah, let's let's ring the bell on Loomis and Cameron Grimes. We haven't let's talked about that for like get... ten minutes. We'll get back on track here. It is the NXT North American title triple threat match. Johnny Gargano, who is Johnny Takeover, uh, Damian Priest, and the champion Leon Ruff. Um, I don't think I've ever been more surprised at a title switch than I was when Leon Ruff won the title. And the picture of him... At the ramp with the belt around his waist, and he puts his hands up, and it just falls down to the ground. Oh, that's fantastic! H- hilarious. Um, you are going to have to uh, carry me through this match because I don't remember 
much of it. But I know that Johnny, Johnny, Johnny Gargano gets the win here. We all picked uh, a single person from this match. I picked Damian Priest. Chris was picking Leon Ruff to retain. And you went, obviously, with Johnny Takeover. Uh, so, Pilch, what do you got for this North American title match? So this match was a pretty easy one for me to pick because they had been booking Gargano with the scream mask guy, whatever you want to call him, for a while. And I, I knew there was going to be an interference. I knew they were going to win. Um, I did like the story they told, however, because they had Priest and Ruff like kind of working together, and then Ruff would like, get a little squirrely and like hit priest and he'd be like, what are you doing? Like, we're, <laughs> you know, we're, mm-hmm. sw- we're the good mm-hmm. guys. Like, why, why are you come after me? And I loved the ending of this where Austin theory took off the screen mask and he was like, it's me, Austin. I thought that, <laughs> I thought it was great. <laughs> he really said is me, Austin. Yeah. You didn't, you didn't see that. <laughs> No, I I told you I missed this. Match. Oh, it was great. Yeah, he he took the the screen mask off and he said, "It's me, Austin. It was me, Austin Theory, all along." And you know, obviously, the callback to the uh, <laughs> Ministry of Darkness. You know, Vince that McMahon. was so that that it's me, Austin. It was me all along. Um, I remember that promo vividly, um, because of just how they played it, where Vince was on the screen and then he took off the cloak off his head and it was him and it was all kinds of mess. So no, that was hilarious that they did that. I'll have to go back and watch that. Yeah, it was great. Um, There's a few things. Well, the first thing is I think Damian Priest is being set up for an actual title run, first and foremost. Mm -hmm. I think him and Karen Cross are going to end up having some sort of feud which they set up immediately the next week, uh, last Wednesday. Yep. Um, I liked what they did with Leon Ruff. I think, you know, I thought it was great. You know, they kind of got someone in the middle. I will say I, I don't like what they're doing with Johnny, Johnny Gargano. I think he's being underutilized. I The fact that he... There's a lot of people on NXT that I think don't deserve to be on NXT. But at the same time, I love to watch them on NXT because it's the promotion that in under the WWE umbrella that I enjoy the most. But I I guess it's a question for you is like, what else can Johnny Gargano do at this point? Um, so that was always a question when when somebody in NXT, you know, they maybe had their their run as the world champ. They may have had to run as a tag champ. You know, they felt like they fought everybody and had been down there for a good long time. Obviously, the next logical move would be to move, quote unquote, up to the main roster. Right. At this point, I don't necessarily think that there's a move, quote unquote, up to the main roster. Um. NXT at this point is so much of its own brand where you don't necessarily need to move up. Um, and I, I have maybe have read or 
maybe it's just my thinking, but somebody like uh, Tommaso Ciampa, who's been there on NXT forever. Uh, right. Same with Johnny Gargano. They've been around there about the same time. Or Finn um, Balor. Or Finn Balor, who ended up going back, uh, whether it was his choice or not. I, I think those guys are just kind of like, I'm I'm good with here. I don't think there's any motivate, not motivation. That's not the right word. I don't think there's really an interest for people to move up to the main roster of Raw and SmackDown now. Uh, because so many others have, which we'll talk about once we're done talking about this pay-per-view. And things happen and things change to where, yes, I guess you're catering to a different audience because not everybody that watches NXT, not everybody that watches Raw and SmackDown also watches NXT. So as much as there's the hardcore people that just know, okay, here's Keith Lee, uh, here's Otis moving up, or here's Finn Balor moving up, and they're excited right. to see him. There's going to be a good section of the the audience, whether on TV or back when we were in person, to don't really know who this person is and only know maybe a little bit or word of mouth. And they may not know about what the they've done outside of the the umbrella of WWE. So they kind of have to show and prove uh, what they can and can't do. And I don't know. It's it's just a different animal up there, whether it's because it's the show, if it's because of Vince. I'm not here to here to say which is what's the correct answer there. Um, but I don't think that moving up and I did air quotes is going to be a, a a thing that people down in NXT are going to be striving for now. I don't think. I think they're perfectly fine with with staying down there. Same thing with the Undisputed Era, who's been in NXT for quite some time and literally done everything they could possibly do. They all have had titles around their waist in some way, shape, or form. Right. Uh, are they going to want to move up to Raw or SmackDown? I don't think they really will are itching to do that. I mean, what would they? Um, exactly. Exactly. Um, but we'll get into that in a little bit. Now we'll get to the main event of NXT TakeOver. It is another War Games match, the men's War Game match. It is the Undisputed Era, the group that this war games match in NXT was made for Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly, Roderick Strong, and Bobby Fish taking on Team McAfee with Pat McAfee, Pete Dunn, Danny Birch, and Oni Lorcan. This match went 45 minutes long. I'd easily say it was probably match of the night. Um... Undisputed Era comes down with the victory here. Uh, this, man, just. <sighs> what else could I say about this match? Let's start with Pat McAfee here. He already had the singles match with Adam Cole. and Which was good. Came off, came off pretty well for not being classically trained. 
He's really good on the mic. He's got the gift to gab. And he wasn't embarrassing in the ring, to say the least. I'd say no, he was he was average. Serviceable. I'd say he was average. Um, and the fact that he was able to go into a one-on-one setting with Adam Cole, who I mean, we don't even need to talk about the the resume of Adam Cole. He's he's done it everywhere. He's done it in NXT. The boyfriend he of Dr. Britt Baker. Jesus. I could have done without that part, but okay. Okay. <laughs> um <laughs> the fact that he was able to go in there and do do a one-on-one match with Adam Cole, and this probably even speaks to the the, the stature of Adam Cole was able to get a match out of Pat McAfee as well, just as much as Pat McAfee was able to put on a match with Adam Cole. Here in this forum four setting, you have a little more leeway to kind of pick your spots. The spotlight isn't solely on you. There's also three other guys in your team and three other and four other guys on the other team that are going to be taking the spots. Um, there were cricket bats that were brought out by by Birch and Dunn, uh, uh-huh. <laughs> which, um, geez, and this one says uh, Cole hit his uh, Panama Sun Panama City Sunrise on McAfee for a near fall. Cole's poised to hit McAfee with a running knee strike. Uses the not covered in knee pads, called the last shot, of course. Uh, only Lorcan pushed. Uh, McAfee out the way and took the move instead. Dunn then hit Coles with the pump handles, uh, the bitter end. Oh, this one just ended with finishes. Strong <laughs> broke up the pinfall. Everybody's out of the picture. Uh, Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish get stuff over. Do they hit their, um, what is it called? Not total elimination. I forgot what their finisher was called as Red Dragon. I have no idea. I forgot what it was called. Anyways, Undisputed Era gets the victory here. Um, Your thoughts, Pilch, on the match. I enjoy everything that the Undisputed Era does. I enjoy Pete Dunne. I think he is, uh, if he isn't a star already, he is a star in the making. Always like Danny Burch and Orny Lorcan as a team. And Pat McAfee is no slouch either. Uh, especially compared to the the seven other top notch wrestlers that were in this match, um, he did not. Um, he was not dragging weight. He was keeping up with these guys. So, but what did you think? Well, I I loved the match. I thought it was great. Um, I I thought the booking was a little strange, and mm-hmm. the the reason I think it's strange is because we the night before, well, the Wednesday before this pay per view. Right, we had that uh, undisputed era promo where they rode in the limo. They went out to dinner. They talked about like you know past rivalries they had and yada yada yada. And I thought to myself, it was like this was a goodbye to NXT. That's what I thought. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Was you know they're going over everything they've already been through. So I thought Team McAfee was going to win this one and then run rough shop for a little while over NXT. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a funny story is when I started watching wrestling again, which was probably, you know, eight to 12 months ago, 
I actually called Chris because I had watched an episode of, uh, you know, just NXT on Wednesday night. And the first thing I said to Chris was, Adam Cole's still in NXT? And Chris was like, yeah, he's a champion. I was like, but why is he not on the main? Like, what? What are they doing? Like, why is he not like on the main roster? Why is he not challenging for? And, you know, one of the main belts, like what? What are they doing here? Yeah. And I, I, I honestly, like, I love the Undisputed Era. I think all four of them are supremely talented especially Adam and especially Kyle. I think they're great. I just, yep. it, it does not make any sense to me why if NXT is going to be this like third brand, which in my opinion, it's not, I think NXT is the best brand of the three personally. Oh, oh no. And me saying that it's the, the third brand is not saying that it's three out of three. But that it's its own brand and not the minor leagues of the WWE. Right. I mean, you so and I think really, that, but I don't think that the people in charge feel that way. Um, no, no, of course not. The flagship's always going to be Raw, right? And SmackDown is is its own thing because it's on Fox and millions and millions of dollars were exchanged between Fox and WWE. Right. Um, for it to anger there, so they're gonna have to I, uh, play that a certain particular way. And again, like what I told Chris is, I, I just could not believe. Like, and this is what, so, honestly, you guys know I love AEW, like I do. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. what sucked me back in was NXT. I just could not believe the amount of talent that was on this show every week. You know, I think Finn Balor is just amazing. I, you know, the Undisputed Era is great. I actually even like uh, what's um, you know, freaking group uh, Legato de de Fantasmo or whatever. Oh, with uh, yeah, yeah, with um, oh god, his name's right up here. They had a pre, they had a dark match. Oh, it's called a Bondrade. Uh, no, that's not right. Yes. Santos Escobar. Yeah, Escobar. He's, he, he, they're great. Locking, locking. Yeah. They are fantastic. And honestly, it's, from, from top to bottom, NXT, like, their roster is great. I don't like Tony Atlas. I, you know, I never will. Is his name Tony Atlas? You mean Jake Atlas. Yeah, whatever his Jake name Atlas. is. Exactly. I, I'm not a fan. <laughs> I wish they would just, like, bury him. But, you know, outside of that, like, they there's very few matches they could put together that aren't great. And that, um, that was part of my like, just aha moment is I remember one of the first NXT episodes I watched when I like came back to, you know, my fandom was the Keith Lee versus Adam Cole match. When Keith mm-hmm. Lee was going, you know, he's going to, I guess, unify the belts or whatever. Yep. And I said to myself, I I didn't really know who Keith Lee was. You know, I do now, but. And. I could not believe that Adam Cole was still on NXT. I just couldn't believe it. I was like, this guy is so talented. (laughs) And that was like such a great match. 
because he worked it so well. And so, did, I mean, so did Keith Lee, not to sell him short either. But they played that, you know, David and Goliath kind of dichotomy so well. Yeah. And it, it, bog- it, to this day, boggles my mind that they have so much talent on NXT that everyone wants to watch. And they, they keep them down there. And then they have champions on their, their main rosters that like have no one to wrestle. It just, I don't know. The, the WWE booking is just nonsensical, but that's a discussion for another day, I guess. <laughs> now I am now I'm over here coughing. Um, yeah, it's, I don't know how to explain it. Um, it's just one of those things where uh, I think, and we kind of mentioned it before, I think the them morphing NXT into a third brand and not the call-up brand has helped out a lot of these guys. Um and gave them a spot, gave them a spot to uh, to show off their talents and not get buried on a roster. Okay. Gotta take a drink. Ah, there we go. Um, but yeah, this is this was a, a dynamite match. Um, they've never disappointed in uh, in this war games match. And uh, and they came up with a victory. So to tally up the scores, amazingly, Chris only missed the NXT North American title match. He got a point everywhere else. Uh-huh. He gets the victory four to two, where um, we both had me, me and Chris both had the undisputed era. You had Pat McAfee's team. Uh so Chris and I don't have the cheering, but we'll just give him a shout out. Yeah, I will say that Pat McAfee did look great, as you said. He did. He did. He did. He just—it's—it's it's amazing uh, that he is able to come basically off the street. And if he just came to NXT and did the pre-shows or did commentary. I'd still even be all for that. Yeah. For um, sure. I never expected him to, to come into the ring. Not even so much for one match. A one-off match is a one-off match. Now here he's got his own clan behind a clan. He's got his own team behind him and he's the mouthpiece. And now here he is in war games. This is his second match. And he's gonna be in war games, or it was in war games against the Undisputed Era. Um is it damn like, good did not, too. Damn oh, absolutely, good. absolutely. Um, so now that that's out of the way, uh, we got one other talking point uh before we wrap things up. And we've kind of dived into it a little bit already, um, talking about uh NXT, and maybe it's not so much NXT, but uh, guys getting called up to the main roster um, for one reason or another. And now there's word that 
three wrestlers that I I do all have a, a liking for, um, for one reason or another. But there was word that came across that Keith Lee, Otis, and Dio Madden were both were all both all three getting sent back down to the performance center. Um and it just it, it kind of boggles my mind, especially with Keith Lee. Um what is it about Keith Lee and and I guess all three of them that they still need to work on that they need to go back down to the performance center. Um I don't see what they would necessarily need. Some I've heard different things as far as people not people not liking the way they work in the ring. Uh people not thinking that they've put their dues in. Um, people not thinking, I don't know what else. I don't know if it's weight management. Uh, I just, I thought out of the three of these guys, Keith Lee going up was the most polished and ready to go. I mean, he did everything that he could do in NXT. He was double champion. He was the North American champion and the NXT champion. What else are you going to do after that? He had a great showing at Survivor Series um, in that in that main event match with Roman and um, was Seth in there too, I think. Uh, yeah. He had a great showing at the Royal Rumble with Brock Lesnar. He's the owner of a five-star was, match against Dijakovic at PWG. I, I mean... I, he had great matches in NXT with with Dijakovic. What what else, what else do you want? Then he goes up to the main roster, and they kind of tinker with things. They tinker with his music. They kind of tinker with his attire. Uh but I always felt every match that he went out there, he, he was he was on point. He was Keith Lee. He's mm-hmm. three hundred something pounds and doing moves that. A three hundred something pounder probably shouldn't be doing, and he's doing them and doing stuff well. Um, Otis got over really well with heavy machinery. They put the uh, then the the money in the bank briefcase on him at WrestleMania, and then things just kind of went south from there, and they didn't know what else to do with him. Right. Um, in the case of Dio Madden, they. The the stuff with with retribution and listen, I I enjoy every single member of retribution. Even Ali, him ended up being the the mouthpiece of retribution. I, it's I'm good with it. I'm good with everybody. All the competitors that are in retribution, I'm good with it. The way they put that together where it was a bunch of just random people for the longest time. And then they finally, when they do finally debut the set group of them, even before uh, Ali gets in place, it was just a hodgepodge. It was a mess. Uh, the, the audience, at least for me, kind of soured on it. Um, 
the the introducing Ali helped it out a little bit, but then they didn't go anywhere with it. So is that is with all that is any of that to blame on the wrestlers? Is that more to blame on the way they were presented, the way they were booked? Bad booking. Why do they need to go back down to the PC? Uh, if it's something where they don't feel that they've put their their dues in, this is a different time and era. This is the this is the pandemic era right now. There's not going to be house shows every uh, you know two and three times a week. Travel, uh, touring, uh, dark matches. They don't have all that. Right. They only they only are able to do what's on TV. Um, I just I just didn't understand it. And I, if they end up going back down to the PC, that doesn't necessarily mean that they are going back down to NXT. Uh, at least for Keith Lee, Keith Lee was still on um, on Raw this week, even though this this story, this news came out. So was Dio Madden. Um, and Dio Madden was still on there too. Um. But I don't know. It just it just doesn't make sense. And I think we're to the point. Listen, I I've always loved wrestling. Um I have I I I, I think it's to the point to where Vince needs to Vince might be the thing that's holding stuff back. And it's almost like where the Raiders were at one point when Al Davis was still alive. You almost might say that the Cowboys are at this point right now with Jerry Jones, where the person in charge is so set in their ways and nothing can change them from their ways. And they're not leaving anytime soon, so they're just going to have to not exist anymore before some major changes happen. Uh-huh. And I think that's the, this is the point that we're at. Cause like you said, you're, you got back into wrestling watching NXT and AEW right. and you'll catch the highlights or whatever, the clips of it, uh, of raw and SmackDown. Same with me. Um, I'll watch NXT all day and I'll see what bits and pieces of Raw that I like and, and don't like. And same thing with SmackDown. Uh, but that's just the general consensus. And I think a lot of people are, are, are moving towards that. And if they want to get them back, then they need to make major changes. And those major changes aren't going to change until Vince is not in the picture. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, so I guess these are my thoughts, right? Is uh, Dio Madden, I don't know enough about him. I haven't seen enough of his matches to really comment. You know, I, I saw highlights of his match on Monday. It looked fine, you know? I mean, I, I'm so over the whole retribution thing at this point because they, they've booked them into oblivion yeah. where they they should have been booked strong. And they've been booked like a bunch of morons. And I don't think anyone can discredit that. It's they they came in to take over, you know, the WWE and all they've done is lose 
since they've gotten there. This is true. You know, so I I don't know how you put that on Dio Madden. I don't think you do. I I don't think you can. Uh, Otis, and I and I don't think I don't think you Sorry. can put it on Otis either. No, you're fine. I don't think you can put it on Otis either. Otis, you know, I I I think Otis is what he is. I think he is a he's a mid card to upper mid card talent. I think you know he provides a little comic relief from time to time. I think he's in from the Hulk Hogan kind of era where he's got his move set. You know he's going to do the caterpillar. He's going to do the same things he does every match, and it'll work fine. Like I I I, I don't know what you know putting him down to the performance and going to teach him that's going to change who he is. As wrestler, I I don't see it. And then, as far as as far as Otis goes, not so much Keith. Keith was on the Indies, and and this whatever the case. Dio Madden, for the most part, he came up through uh, through Booker T's reality of wrestling in Texas, and then got signed to the PC. Otis, to my knowledge, is strictly a performance center creation. Like, I think that's the only place he's ever been. That's where he learned how to wrestle. So if you're unsure about what to do with Otis or why he does this this way and why he does this that way, that's got to fall on you because this is the one out of these three guys that is strictly your creation and right. your vision. Uh, you want to tinker with Dio Madden stuff? Okay, fine. But I, I'm pretty sure that Booker T and what they're doing at WD are, are kind of in lockstep. You, you want to tinker with stuff? I don't know if you would tinker with Keith Lee's stuff. He's pretty polished in my eyes, and I'm not trying to be a, a biased or a homer for Keith Lee. But I've everything that I've seen of Keith Lee's work, regardless of where it was, from uh, Independence, from NXT, he always looks polished with everything that he does and rarely has a misstep. But... Oh, this is so, your creation. So here's my thing with Keith Lee, and you you are more than welcome to disagree with me, but I look like Keith Lee's like in my top five people that are wrestling right now. Like I want I would love nothing more than Keith Lee to have the title. Okay. But and I think this is maybe I, I'm hoping this is where they're coming from is do you remember well i don't know if you watch it or not but there was a spot like maybe two or three weeks ago where keith lee did a tope suicida over the top rope and like smashed his head on the apron oh yep i'm hoping that this move was was to prevent that from happening further i'm hoping that they 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 were like we need to bring you back a little bit and like 
teach you that like every match doesn't have to be a a spot right like that's the problem with wrestling right now that's what every old wrestling soul says is like everyone is you know trying to get the spot they're trying to get like this is awesome chan or holy shit chan or whatever Mm -hmm. i I hope that this was in i it was done to pull him back a little bit and to teach him that like this doesn't you don't need to like blow your entire arsenal every match you know i I don't think that's <laughs> why this happened, but I, the part of me wishes like, hopefully that was, is like Keith Lee doesn't. All right, let me backtrack a little bit. So I don't think that he needs to do those kind of spots every match. And I think when okay. you do those kind of spots every match, they lose the wow factor, I guess. I agree with that. And hopefully, like, they brought him back to be like, listen, you know, you're you're such a great draw that, like, you don't have to go all out. You don't have to dive over the rope every time. Like, uh, the matches on SmackDown and Raw, you can just be the bruiser in the ring that, like, you need to be. And when we have a pay-per-view, do you want to do a big spot? Like, that's when you do the big spot. That's what I'm hoping. You know, I, I don't know if that's true or not. But no, the and that and that makes sense. If they want to to dial back his arsenal, at least the weekly on on Raw or SmackDown, I totally get that. And that makes sense. And I if I was the person in charge, yeah, I would I would definitely want my uber athletic um person to s- dial it back a little bit weekly, save those those <laughs> different spots for for the pay-per-views or the big matches. That makes sense. But does that need to be a let's send them back down to the PC. Can't that just be a conversation with an agent or or Vince himself in the back? Well, for sure. But I mean, have you ever thought of the two birds, one stone kind of deal? Where you you take someone like Keith Lee, you put him in the PC, you tell him like, you know, we want you to rein it back. And also, while you're here, we have these other four guys that don't really know what they're doing. To maybe talk to them a little bit. I, I, again, I don't know if this is any sort of truth or not, but yeah, yeah, no, no, I get that, I get that. Um, I don't know. We'll see how it plays out, uh, and hopefully these guys can can get whatever they're uh, supposed to be working on situated back and we get them back up to. To Raw, and I think they're all on Raw, right? Or is Keith Lee on SmackDown now? Oh. No, he's on Raw. He's with McIntyre. McIntyre's on Raw, right? Yeah. Yeah, McIntyre's on Raw. So I think they're all on Raw right now. Yeah. Uh, So these guys can get back up to Raw and um, back to your television screens every Monday night. 
So, uh, so this was fun since we really didn't. I mean, this is usual our usual pre-show banter stuff, and we really don't have a uh, pay-per-view lined up for Sunday um, due to uh, you know just real life being in the way. Um, but we'll come back here. We'll see you guys Sunday, and we'll uh, we'll banter about some stuff and we'll something jibber jabber. And we'll we'll find some something. something. Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll work something out. Um, all of our plugs. Let's get to the plugs. We are on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Triple R Pod. Our website triplerpodcast.com. Our email, the real triple R podcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. Um, there's the fourth one. Podcast podcast. Google. Nope. Google Play or Google Podcasts. And then the fifth one is Podcast Addict or RSS code, as Chris Lee likes to bring up, because he's uh. a nerd when that website. Um, but hit us up. Questions, comments, concerns, podcast, uh, a vehicle of your choice. Give us that five-star review on Apple. Give us that five-star review on Google Podcasts. That's a big one. Give us all, all the reviews that you can possibly give us. Um, and uh, we... We'll see you guys on Sunday where uh, there will be a podcast. Um, we're going to do something. But we'll, uh, we're going to do something. We're going to figure it out for you guys. Uh, get us back on schedule. So thank you, Pilch. Have a good night, sir. Thank you. Okay. Uh, enjoy your day. We'll see you guys on Sunday. <laughs>